0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average to Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Christina Leela Wilson. Christina, how's it going?
1: Very good. Good to be here.
0: Let's just jump right into it. Can you give us a brief background about yourself before I ask you some in-depth questions?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm directing social innovation for Angel Hack, which is a global developer ecosystem and hackathon and accelerator company. Love it. It ties together so many things I'm passionate about. Uh, before that, I worked with um, a group focusing on investing in women and I've worked for quite a few nonprofits um, around the globe too. So really we're trying to kind of connect a lot of the social impact innovations with technology and
0: startups. Gotcha. And you went to UCLA for an undergrad, and you went to Georgetown for graduate school. What did you study there?
1: I studied social and public policy at Georgetown, and before that, an undergrad, I studied political science and religious studies. I was definitely still exploring, which I still am today, yeah. but yeah, I really enjoyed all those areas.
0: So like going for those two degrees, what was your like goal to, like job-wise or career-wise?
1: <laughs> it's a good question I, I mean at the time I really wanted to be involved in human rights and I thought the legal path would be really powerful for that but then I was working in that field and I, I think I got a little disillusioned I worked you know wanted to go into the nonprofit industry um after that I thought that was the biggest way to make change and always had this passion for kind of international issues Mm -hmm. um so i i couldn't find like the perfect path that would combine all those things i always loved as a kid i think for a while i wanted to be like a global spy or something but not for (laughs) (laughs) not for any government so um but i think empowering people in their dreams was always something i wanted to do and then after after some time kind of being disillusioned with the nonprofit industry that you know it's so focused on fundraising constantly and you know your hands are tied in a lot of ways to make big impact. I definitely had another iteration in my career goals and stumbled on this intersection of this amazing like startup tech community and how just lightning fast it was and how it was the space where people could experiment with all sorts of creative solutions to all society's problems. And just, it was so exciting and had this like fire and electricity around it when I started kind of getting into the hackathon and the tech space. So I, even after Georgetown, I ended up doing a tech boot camp just to kind of really dive in and get more exposure. And then that, and that led to this, which I totally didn't expect, but this is really, you know, creating a platform for people to come on and experiment and pursue their entrepreneurial dream, which I think you know, I think a lot of us think we're in the age where anyone can do anything they want, but I think we're just at the very beginning of that, the potential that we have to to go so
0: much further. Yeah, for sure. I was just talking to one of my friends the other day that has a, a daughter that's, I think, like 11, and I was just like, "They're in the, everyone's just going to be, like, way smarter just because of all the technology.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, pretty... I, I mean, we see it. So I'm constantly humbled at our hackathon. A lot of times the winners are like 15 or 14 years old <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. and
1: they've literally like had so much experience and I mean one of our winners the investors were all grilling him and he, he was 14 <laughs> and they were like you know what are you going to do if, if this thing you're presenting is actually successful and you know and he was he had already sold two companies so he was way ahead of <laughs> Um, so I'm very excited you know when that generation, you know, the people that have had that passion to always learn have had resources, humanity's never had before. Um, So I think we're in for some amazing surprises.
0: Wait, wait, the 14-year-old sold two companies?
1: Yes. Yeah, he, and he, he's a blockchain developer expert. He's just, he lives in California. I think He's been back in school now, like, focusing on that. But a lot of the ones we talk to, they feel a little held back by school. Um, You know, we've definitely seen it all. And a lot of the ones internationally are from very poor backgrounds also. And it's just amazing to see Mm -hmm. what they've done to be able to, to to bring themselves the resources and how hard they've fought. Um, to always be learning.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, going back to UCLA and and Georgetown, so those are two notable schools, like, what was the difference between, like, going to school on the West Coast and then coming back to the East Coast? And, like, was it a different, like, how different was the experiences and, like, the cultures there of, like, the colleges?
1: (laughs) I'm definitely, yeah, I grew up on the East Coast um, and spent a lot of time on the West Coast, so I always had a love of both, but I do think they're very different cultures. Um, I think for Georgetown, I I was really missing this electricity that I felt on the East Coast around dream building and just, you know, people will move at such a fast pace and be ready to go work on an idea, you know, on social justice that was just contagious um, amongst all the people they would bring together. So I think I was very lit up by that. Um, I definitely loved UCLA. I loved the diversity at UCLA, and I just got to be exposed to so many different things but I was I was more in the political I was like at the time I thought um, politics was gonna be the Avenue I wanted you know to take and <laughs> I went through a few phases of disillusionment so uh, but it was very good it was good for all the all the good debates and exposure to, to different ideas
0: yeah yeah definitely and um, how did that all lead to you going to angel hack or working for angel Hack? it was
1: actually through I, I went through like the time that I was disillusioned with the nonprofit space I really felt sad and I was like I just felt like wow this you know I it was sad to see so many of the paths I thought we're gonna have all this avenue to do so much were kind of fading away so I, I definitely went through a time of like confusion and uh, but I, I followed the things that I saw that were working, and I was with a group that was literally organizing hackathons um, on, as a volunteer basis, and we would we would do them around global issues, like we did one around. Pakistan issues, and, you know, Pakistan has some of the worst problems in the world for corruption and illiteracy, you know, um, all sorts of poverty issues, so many endless things, and we would do hackathons, building solutions to some of the specific uh, problems, and it was amazing, like, ideas people built, prototypes in a weekend were able to be implemented and impact millions of people's lives, and that, you know, I was doing that on the side while I was working for a nonprofit that was helping women in entrepreneurship. So it kind of started coming together. And then the Angel Hack group was trying to, you know, expand globally, which to me, I was always so passionate about, you know, the global aspect. To me, it's it's like this beautiful part of American culture, like the, the innovation um, that we do, you know, have this great respect for and the work ethic and that culture of even around Silicon Valley, I always felt like, okay, the whole world needs this. And now in so many communities we see around the world, they're just going ahead, even in some areas like like, for example, um, the Arab world has more more women than Silicon Valley involved in the mm-hmm. space. Like, I think one, one in three companies has a female founder. So it's, it's amazing to see, like, the uh, really high levels of um, adoption and progress they're getting for innovation, startup investment, all of that. Like, the, the scene is just lighting up all over the world.
0: Yeah, definitely. And can you just give me, like, a brief summary of what Angel Hack does?
1: Sure, yeah. So we started. Really, just as this weekend competition around tech, and people would come together and you know, focus on one problem or an industry, and people would create their solutions, work all day Saturday. They were always overnight, so people would sometimes stay up all night, and then Sunday they would present to angel investors, and by Monday, at least one or a few of the teams would have investment to really experiment with their ideas. So that was that was the initial model back in two thousand eleven. From there we've really expanded on, you know how do we keep a lot of these, a lot of this magic that is sparked at the hackathon to encourage them to test and launch an experiment so now we have an accelerator that is 12 weeks long that will, you know, take at least one of the winning ideas and put it through that so it has that longer term support but it's been really amazing to enter some parts of the world that didn't really have a very strong scene and there's something very contagious about it. I, it's, it's fun. It brings that fun feeling back to that space like you're working with, such different people than you usually would. I mean, that used to be even Edison's Invention Factory was like bringing, you know, people you wouldn't typically work with and that's when you get that fresh thinking outside the box at different ages, different backgrounds, everything. And so, you know, we've, we've still evolved from there. Now we will run hackathons with partners around the world, always, you know, with different themes. We do it for governments that are looking to support new innovations or, you know, people looking for specific solutions um, in an industry. And then we have this tour that does about fifty cities every year, competition, and then startup
0: investment. Yeah, that's that's crazy. What's been some of your like favorite winners?
1: <laughs> oh wow, there is going to be tough. I mean, we've had one winner uh, two years ago that it's just kind of at millennials, teaching them about really being smart with their money, managing their money and investing. Yeah. It started in Spain and it's just become so popular. Their growth is insane, the number of downloads they're getting. And we've had a few, we had one in Africa that I really loved that was getting people to invest in the environment. So you could mm-hmm. go on their platform and like literally invest in different parts of the African environment. And you know, ultimately that's one of the best investments on how that pays off to every sector in the economy. We've had some where someone could, you know, in parts of the Middle East, they created something where women could report or get counseling or something for harassment or domestic violence or whatever, and it just uncovered this huge need because a lot of women couldn't talk to the police. They couldn't talk to their neighbors. They they literally couldn't mention anything, so it, like, huge shadow um base that you know had no outlet before so there's a lot of things like that that you know young girls wanted to build it and you know it it didn't require a lot of technology but has such an amazing impact
0: yeah so are most of these um like apps
1: yeah most of them are apps um some web apps some for the phone but yeah all all of our stuff is um just tech enabled
0: gotcha so it's like kind of like changing their lifestyle almost with some of the apps like in the foreign Definitely. countries? Yeah.
1: yeah. So even, I mean, with someone in Dubai made something around um, depression, you know, getting more access to wellness resources and mindfulness resources for so many of the people that are working there, separated from family, you know, there's just, it's it's amazing because we, we allow the the participants in each of the participating cities to kind of determine the problems that are th- they're the most passionate about. So um, it's a, it's a really, it's fun to go see the demo days because you're seeing just such, you know, fresh thinking around these problems that are just um, being ignored in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, even when you look at the UN Sustainable Development Goals of like, okay, these are the biggest problems humanity is going to have over the next 10 years, you don't see investment going towards a lot of, you know, a lot of those kind of problems globally. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to do that and allowing the use in a lot of these countries where they're living in the problems, they, they have a lot of the best ideas that um, it's just a very smart investment that has a high ROI. Like we've even seen foreign aid programs that pump so much money into, you know, cookie cutter solutions or worn out solutions and um you know the young i, I saw one report in Pakistan of like ten thousand dollars was only put into this startup accelerator and had a much higher <laughs> impact than millions that were put in you know some of the traditional systems
0: yeah how, how many hackathons do you have a year you said
1: we oh. have about 80 to 100
0: um, oh, okay. but
1: we have you know about fifty every year that will be through our global series competition.
0: So how do you how do you pick where it's gonna be?
1: Oh, we're doing in that process right now and it's 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 always a journey because there's so many places we want to go and so many yeah. places that, you know, really want more of these kind of opportunities. Uh, but we try to pick cities that will have that talent, you know, mm-hmm. really strong talent that is hungry for this opportunity. Like we also don't want to go to places that are so saturated with a million hackathons. We try to pick um, places that have that high potential and that also have partners. We love to work with local partners that also will kind of invest in, in them side by side with us. So, for example, like an accelerator in Kenya gives prizes out at our hackathons um, and mentors winning teams and, you know, uh, we love to do that because it's not just a one-way exchange. It's really, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's always been the West kind of Teaching their ways to the world, but, like it really is amazing to have this exchange of their wisdom, and um, we learn a lot from each of the, each of the cultures that we encounter.
0: Is there any is there any country that you really want to go to?
1: I would love to. I mean, there's so many um, still that we haven't done. Like even Iran, I'm half Iranian. Yeah. I know this the scene there is so amazing, like of the tech talent and people that are, you know, hungry for more support and opportunities. Um, So many, I mean, just Saudi, another one that we will probably go to this year. Um, I love going to places like that where where we're trying to do some around women that, you know, haven't had as many opportunities in the Middle East. Um, But, oh, yeah, that list is is endless. There's, you know, so many new cities that get this emerging tech scene um, that just has that excitement
0: factor. Yeah, didn't, didn't you say you you lived in the Middle East or you traveled there all the time or you lived there
1: I or haven't thing? lived there no but um, for the, the past few years as we've been doing the program spending a lot of time um, in the Middle East and yeah. Africa that those are my two regions focusing on
0: Gotcha. so what what's it what's it like going over there all the time
1: it's it's very it's very exciting I feel I feel like I just learned so much and encounter so much beauty and you know, as a lot of the world is kind of becoming the same in the the modernization process, um, I always look at it like, you know, this is also the competitive advantage of all these beautiful cultures that, um, you know, I don't want to diminish. So I go there and I've always been amazed, like even just in Dubai, like the, the scene around supporting innovation and the excitement about all the, you know, future visions and goals. It's just really contagious. And, you know, the environment they're building for young change makers and young innovative thinkers is so exciting. Like I mean, I just went to the huge government funded area that was all about youth learning in such an such an exciting innovative way, um, where they could play with so many new tech tools and I mean even I walked into this cafe that was the most beautifully designed cafe I've ever been to and every they they said it was all designed by under 14 year olds. <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, places like that, and then seeing like subcultures in um, places like Nigeria or Afghanistan, like all this, there's a movement in Afghanistan of reverse brain drain. You know, the youth, the movement has always been to leave the country um, in a lot of the world as soon as they get good education or opportunities. So, the best minds that are the most likely to evolve their societies are leaving Uh, but this movement was like bringing all these amazing young people that you know had incredible education they all could get jobs in Europe or the US and they're living in Afghanistan and they're just building these incredible um, places to you know provide support for the young innovators and um, seeing seeing things like that is always really exciting
0: yeah it's crazy I feel like I'm going on a world tour just talking to you
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's beautiful i know i wish i could like publish a book of all the um you know these emerging scenes that we encounter um of all over the world i mean i'm always you know my my co are telling me stories from all over asia and um you know south america all it's just endless
0: do, do you guys ever um do videos and so like vlogs or anything like that
1: We do, yeah. Well, like we have even the Angel Hack Instagram that some of us will do takeovers and do kind of stories going through um, some of these emerging tech hubs. So that might be an interesting place to see some of it. But I I hope we do put some more, you know, in uh, other platforms just to you know tell some of the stories. I think it's it's beautiful to to really see that. It just gives me so much hope because I think. You know, we've had conflict amplified in media in so many ways, and people feel feel enmity. Um, but then, you know, always seeing around the world, wow, like the average person all kind of wants the same thing. They all like want to build this beautiful future, mm-hmm. and they have more in common with each other than with a lot of governments. <laughs> you know, so um, it's 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 a nice to see this like community, and especially in the the tech startup world, they all have that kind of forward-thinking attitude of um even like the open source movement we see that at so many of our hackathons like so some of the teams that win and have get opportunities they they make all their technology open they don't even care about getting credit like they're just like oh we just want to contribute to this, these causes so um you know seeing seeing all of that gives us a lot of hope for the
0: future <laughs> yeah yeah it's awesome and you guys, you guys do stuff in the u.s too right
1: Yes, definitely. I will have at least five hackathons or around that in the u s um this year.
0: Gotcha and uh jumping into like women in tech what what have you seen like have you seen like women grow in business and tech over the i don't know past few years? I guess you say
1: yeah, yeah, I think um I think it's definitely an exciting time. We always start thinking about um i mean I, I hear a lot of people in the u s talk about the gaps and opportunity and I think it's true I think I saw the most recent report was like still 2% of VC funding was going to women um, so you know and globally I think when you see the numbers globally I saw a report that was saying like two-thirds of the world's working hours are from women but they only have 10% of global income which is insane to think about because so many of the lowest billion um, in poverty are women so I think in a lot of the world it's interesting, like, where they don't have – they weren't raised in that way that technology was a path for men. Um, mm-hmm. In a lot of the world, like, women are equal in the field of technology or um, even having a higher number of women. Um, so it's its amazing. We'll go, like, a lot of the Middle East, we bring the experts to teach the hackathon attendees about AI, and it would be a woman, you know. Um, a lot of the time it was um, really awesome to see, but I think – I think we are entering that state, like, there's a lot more interest in investing in women because they're performing really well as entrepreneurs um, when they're looking at the numbers. And I, it's, it's crazy because I think we're still, we're not even at the place, like, we, we think we're the most advanced gender-wise society, but I don't think we're even at the place of a, of a lot of ancient cultures. <laughs> yeah. um, like, even the old Iranian culture had women were considered the, some of the greatest advisors, so all the Businessmen and commanders of military and kings would have female advisors, and I, it's exciting because I think we are getting to that place again where it's it's really being valued. Um, even at Pakistan's that we had focusing on women's issues, in a lot of the world, a lot of men came and they're like, "This is you know a really important issue for our society," and they're all thinking about their daughters. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we're seeing just really exciting signs and signals of how that how that all of that is going to change um, all over the world.
0: Yeah, and in, in your opinion, how do you think it's going to like change in say five to ten years?
1: I think um, it looks. I mean, if the trends will continue, that you know the number of um, people getting some investment will rise, and and I I don't like to just think of investment numbers because I I do think that model is kind of broken, and we've kind of still been exporting it and people have been trying to copy it around the world. But I think the you know, looking at the trends of democratizing access to capital so that average people can experiment, Cause I, I mean, for me, it's not just women, it's yeah. uh, poor people. Like, you know, poor people that are have less money have had such a small real chance at getting their ideas experimented but then we also know that they do such an amazing job like if you look at some of the most amazing (laughs) successful innovators like came from real you know tough backgrounds and so I'm always thinking like it's it's just sad that um we're still not at that place where if someone has a great idea no matter where they are they can at least get some experimentation and I think as you know, even things like um, I'm seeing a lot of these funds coming out that you don't need to be an accredited investor, and um, like the 22X fund that links with 500 startups, average people could invest in a tr- accountable way um, with with founders. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting how that pans out over the next five to ten years, like, um, you know, where if someone just has an amazing idea, there'll be a little more accountable way to really experiment and then have support from mentors and you know it's i see people really building innovative models around that um so i think yeah i think it you know hopefully will matter a lot less like those little factors like your age or your gender <laughs> any of those things
0: yeah yeah for sure Are you ready for some fun questions
1: yeah sure
0: so if you had to create an app what kind of app would you create
1: oh wow okay <laughs> <laughs> i I definitely think about it like I'm always at hackathons. I'm like, oh, sometimes I'm like, I should, I should go back and participate. Um, I think I'm very passionate about wellness and health. And I always think it's very strange, the conflict in our industries, like mm-hmm. how the health industry profits off sickness, not wellness. <laughs> um, and we've just forgotten so much of the ancient wisdom around that. Like even just India alone, the old – ayurvedic the science of life um not just for wellness for energy for it's almost like the technology of the human body they mastered it and we just like lost all of that um so i i think some kind of there might be something like this but an app that would really bring that wisdom um into modern life in an easy digestible way that would be something amazing i mean um I guess just democratizing different industries—that's always kind of my favorite thing. Like whether it's—I just want to see more artists supported, you know, <laughs> um, not just technologists, but any platforms that would help people invest in artists or designers or you know musicians, whatever. Um, I think that would be like a really exciting platform.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that—that'd be interesting. And like the whole whole time we were doing this interview, just. The hackathon just remind me of like Shark Tank, so like are you a fan of that show? Wait,
1: which show? Silicon Valley? No, Shark
0: Tank. Oh Shark Tank.
1: Oh okay. Oh, definitely. I love I love watching that. Um and it also kind of shows some of the problems with the space. I think sometimes when you watch it, you're like, you see an idea that's really amazing. And they're like, oh, just because you're not putting profit totally first, like, we're not going to invest in you. Or there's, like, an ego battle. And that's real. Like, that's, that's like, people in the space see, see stuff like that all the time. Like, or when they, no one invests in an idea that is really targeted for poor people, Mm -hmm. but they don't relate because they don't have that experience. Like why, you know, they're like, I think eco flowers was like on and they were, they were like, we don't understand why anyone would want this. We like fresh flowers, but um, she (laughs) she proved them wrong so bad, you know, (laughs) and the huge market. Um, So I, I do love watching it. And I think, it's awesome for young people that now see, I think it, because it gets you dreaming and gets you passionate. And now we just need, you know, more doors open, opening up, um, I was watching with my niece, Biz Kids, that is just, it was so amazing. I was like, I wish this was around when I was a kid because it was encouraging children to be, you know, play around with entrepreneurship in a fun way. And it, it is fun. It's like the best education. You're learning about so many spaces. <laughs> um, and, hey, why not, like, be smart about thinking about money, at, you know, even at a younger age. So
0: Yeah, for sure. I think um, even, like, Shark Tank itself, like, I seen, I don't know what I was watching but instead, of the kids want to become entrepreneurs now. Instead of like an athlete or an actor, actress, and stuff like that. Now, <laughs> yes, which is which is and cool. I, I think. I I think it's amazing, and I think
1: I hope that that's the direction that we go. I mean, even in um, business in general, like mm-hmm. I just saw a report showing that we're moving the opposite direction overall. Like we're moving towards higher concentration in industries where it's just a few, like most of the domination is just with a few players. Like it's gotten much worse over the past 20 years. And, but we know that that's not good for society. Like we know everyone works harder and everyone is more lit up and connected and putting in their heart and soul when they feel some kind of ownership stake, Um, but instead we're kind of concentrating ownership. So, you know, and companies that have been experimenting with that model of like employee ownership and, you know, all of like, it's just, they do so, they outperform other businesses like crazy. And so that's my hope as we go in that direction, you know, where anyone can like feel some, some sense of entrepreneurship in their life, even if it's, even if it's just a small portion of a company they're working for.
0: Yeah, definitely. Last one. If UCLA and Georgetown are playing in a sporting event, who are you rooting for? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, I okay. I'm. I've never been that into sports, so I don't want to disappoint. Disappoint you too much, but if I was picking loyalty in some battle, um, that would be really hard for me. I would. <laughs> I would take it as a sign from life, um, which which one won, and I. I like to do that. I like to make it a signal from the world because I couldn't pick between the two. Because um, they each played such an amazing role at, at different stages of my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, I might say I might say Georgetown's my favorite right now because um, I'm still lit up from all the social justice energy I got there.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I appreciate you coming <laughs> on. And uh, where can people find you and Angel Hack on social media?
1: Um, yeah. So Angel Hack HQ is our Instagram. Um, I'm alila Live on Instagram. That's just you know um, I'll I'll post about a lot of our hackathon adventures there, and um, we're also on Twitter. Same same name. All
0: right, thanks. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.